755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. It is on the air now. Welcome back to 755 is real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for The Athletic. With my co-host, Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever. What's going on, Eric? Oh, I'm thinking about that throw Paul Bird posted, the, the throw Acuna made yesterday during batting practice. Did you see that? I didn't see it. He's on no. the right field line. And uh-huh. No crow hop throws a ball 20 rows deep down the left field line into the bleachers. I mean, he just flip, just flicks it. Really? Yeah. I got I, I mean, got sh- I got a birdie show that me on a show me that on his phone today when we get to the ballpark. I didn't see just, it. It's insane. I, it just reminds me, you know, I talk to people all the time, and they're like, you know, what were your favorite things about pro ball? And I always say things like that, like you're just uh-huh. around these dudes. Have freaks of nature that are just so special. They can just do things that you could never dream of. Because I mean, if I went, if I went full crow hop and threw it as hard as I possibly could, I might be able to scrape the wall and get it over that fence in left field. Yeah, maybe on my best day. And he's just you know dicking around and just flicks a ball uh, with no crow hop, twenty rows deep. <laughs> I mean, he's just he's not even he's not even trying. You know, I mean, he's just playing around. It's. Those are the things, though, that just, you know, you go into pro ball and they teach you how not to be jealous because there's just special people in pro ball. I can't, he's I can't believe most. Birdie didn't show me that, man. Damn. I probably got uh, it right here. Um, oh, but while I'm thinking about this, if you're watching us on YouTube, then make sure to check out our sponsors in the description. Speaking of. See that? Huh? Yeah, here we go. I can't really make it out. I see what he's doing. But, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. He just um, – it's – Wow. He puts the effort level in that, you know, a position player pitching puts into it and throws <laughs> that 45-mile-hour throw. Yeah. He throws about 370 feet. <laughs> um, speaking of freaks and guys who can do some some uh, ridiculous things, Spencer Strider last night, man. I, you know, we say a lot, it's kind of a cliche that, you know, this, the stats don't indicate how good he was. But this truly was one of those pitching lines where if you did not see the game, you had no idea, you'd probably poo-poo what we're about to say and go, yeah, yeah, you are what your record says you are, blah, blah, blah. No. The, the performance last night that Spencer Strider had was in no way indicative or, or, or indicated by the, his final line, which was five earned runs in four and a third innings in his first major league start. Because no. he was damn impressive, man. And he had a couple of plays go against him, errors and miscues by the Braves defense that literally could have cost him all of those all runs. Five. Yeah. He could have yeah, got out of it with nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I and and I and often before we talk about anything else with him, not his ninety nine mile an hour velocity he was taken into the fifth inning after not throwing more than fifty pitches for a month, basically, or four weeks. But uh the changeup that he unveiled last night. I mean, we talked about his third pitch, and we, it, but we've barely seen it as a reliever. Yeah. Turns out that's what he worked on all offseason because he knew if he was going to start this year, he was going to need a third pitch. So this kid, who's, who's a really mature kid and really, as he says, methodical and and, and uh, 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 is all about the process, and he, he's a workaholic. But this is all he did in the offseason was work on this changeup. And last night when he needed to use it, he breaks it out. Uh, Dorno saw it in the in the, the bullpen, saw it was pretty good, and he, and he called it first inning. It was really good, and and he said, "Hey, let's use this." And he said the kid kept shaking him off to it, so mm-hmm. Strider kept shaking it to it. So he ends up throwing more changeups last night, like sixteen, than he had thrown in all of his relief appearances combined, almost twice as many as he'd thrown in all his relief appearances. That's a, uh, you know, it's like you work on it in the pen. But it's different to actually throwing it in the game. You know, like I would, I always worked on a change up and mixed it in. You throw your bullpen, even when you're in the pen, you'll throw like five or six during your bullpen in a 30 pitch pen. Uh But then you get into the game and things change and it's got to be good and you have to locate it. And so for me, for him to shake to it is he has a third pitch is what that tells me. Like if he's confident enough with it where he wants to throw it, because Every time I got a changeup called, I was like, oh, shit. And I'd just yeah. yank it and throw it in the dirt and not want to get hurt on it. And I never had the confidence to take it in a game. And that, that's probably the difference, you know, as a reliever. Yeah. 
he can't lose on his third best pitch and his fastball is so right. good. He doesn't need it. But as a starter, knowing he needed that, um, to be able to take it in and, and it's kind of like, you know, maybe it's not, he's not perfect with it. Like the first strikeout he got on it, he yanked it across the plate, but it was still 10 miles an hour th- slower than his fastball and completely mm-hmm. buckled the hitter for a strikeout. And then I think he got more and more comfortable with it as the yeah. game went on. But I mean, I, if you didn't tell me that, I would have thought he, that's just, you know, part of his arsenal. Like he's always throwing one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, uh, it's so atypical for a guy like him, a young guy who can throw a hundred miles an hour and has a second pitch. That's really good. That slider is so unlike most of these guys who have such a, you know, or that macho, that testosterone going. Here's a guy who wants to go to his third pitch. Now that he gets a chance to start, he wants to use it and knows that, I mean, he could always fall back and just throw fastballs mm-hmm. all day and throw his, and see how long he could go, three or four innings. But instead, he tried to go out, and also in his mind, he also went out and didn't go at it as like he did in a relief appearance. Come in yep. hot, he said. I tried to go and make sure I didn't go out hot like I do in a relief appearance. So pacing himself, in effect, but still throwing 99, yeah. but, not, but not throwing 100, 101. He was throwing 97 to 99, a couple of 96, eights or whatever. So I, I just thought he really went about it well. And to me, he looked like a starting pitcher last night. And if Marcelo Zuna catches that ball with two out, bloop, hit to left that field. That wasn't even a bloop. It was a fly ball. It, yeah, it was a pop fly to shallow left yeah. field. He comes in and makes this really awkward sliding attempt. One of those, a lot of guys do those sliding attempts. I don't know why they do them. But if he gets a good read on it, or if he just gets, you know, if he has good speed trying to get to it, he catches it with his glove down, just on the run, just catches the ball. A really good left fielder with great speed probably gets under it. But he comes most, that, most catch it. Most yeah, he left ca- fielders. And, and it didn't even hit his glove, you know. So he gets a double out of that. Next guy comes up to that should have been the third out. Next guy comes no. up, hits a three run homer on a fastball. So on a on a not a bad pitch, right? So yeah, he gave up the home run. But I mean, he should have been out of that inning, and yeah. I thought I, I thought I I was impressed that he didn't let it rattle him and carry over to the next inning too, because he didn't give anything else up until that fifth inning, and again that was after he was out of the game, and again after another mistake, Dylan Lee comes in, first guy he faces with two on because uh, Strider gave up hitting a walk, only his second walk in that inning, probably out of gas. He's at 72 pitches. Yeah, he started high. to kind of push some balls and, and miss pretty bad. Season high for pitches. Um, but Dylan Lee comes in, gets a ground ball, which is what he's supposed to do. They get a double play. Taylor made. Ozzie throws to first for the hit, for the for the second out, gets by half step. Uh, or Dansby out rather throws to first base. And Olsen inexplicably puts the glove out, reaches out, and before it he hurried it, tried to catch it before it was there. And we've seen this before this year with him for the third time, at least that I remember. He he doesn't catch it. So yeah. the guy's safe at first base. And guy follows that with a two-run double. Marte follows that with a line drive, two-run double to center. So two more runs on uh, on Strider's ledger. And so it's legitimately he could have got out of this, this start with, uh, with no runs allowed. It seems like, you know, in baseball, anytime you let the other team play with house money, yeah, it – it comes back to hurt you. Um, the ball, the, you know, the only thing I could say for Ozuna is it is a huge outfield. So he might've had yeah. to run a long way, but I mean, 99% of left fielders catch that ball. And so that, that's why you really can't, I mean, you can't grade Strider start at all on the, the earned right. runs and the numbers. Cause he honestly should have gone probably five full innings and no runs. Right. right. And the Braves I mean, didn't grade him on that. Snitzer said they he won't, was no. awesome. Snitz, that, Snitz, Snitz said he was awesome. That's the beauty of baseball. You know, if you get good people that really know how to analyze a start, yeah, he's going to get another start now. They're not going to look at it and say, oh, he gave up five runs. You know, let's put him back in the pen where he's safe. They saw how he threw the ball, and he's going to get another start. Yeah, they think he could be that fifth guy. They haven't gotten anything out of the fifth spot this year. Those guys are – the guys outside of the quartet, the main four guys, the guys outside of them have gone two and ten with a high ERA – but they think that this that they might that Strider can be the guy, and now that Jackson Stevens has stepped up into that role and has given them something, 
And also the guy they brought up from AAA pitched a good inning last night. You know, he kind of grinded through it, gave up a double, but he got through it scoreless. And he's had 20 strikeouts and one walk this year in AAA. He 27, looked good. 27-year-old guy who's pitched foreign league, pitched in Mexico, uh, pitched in foreign leagues, and he he could step up into some role in, into some of pick up some of that. But really, Stevens. His development has kind of persuaded them to uh, – and Matzik is making progress. He's not throwing yet, but making a lot of progress, feeling better. So if they can get him back. But uh, they're, they're going to let uh, – I think they, they they think Strider can be that guy for the fifth spot kind of on a semi-permanent basis now and see. But next time out, Snit said he might be able to go 85, 90 pitches. Yeah. So they're going to get him stretched back out as doing starts rather than, you know, having him go down to AAA or something and get stretched out. Well, I think, you know, too, with a starter is you're looking at a lineup getting multiple looks at you. And so if you had doubt about Strider, it'd be right. what's going to happen that second time through the lineup when they've seen his heater? You know, how how is he going to attack hitters? But it, you'd pro- your doubt would probably be, you know, you probably heard about his changeup. I'm sure the bullpen coach tells him, hey, he's warming up. He throws a pretty good changeup or, you know, pitching coaches watch him throw right. and blah, blah, blah. But until you see him throw that changeup in a game and use it in a game, and see hitters react to it, you know, there's going to be some doubt there on a third pitch. But what I saw yesterday, I mean, even even if he didn't locate it perfectly, which he did plenty of times, but even when he missed with it, yeah, the change of speeds was, I mean, it threw hitters off. He had that a disparity between speeds that you're looking for, perfect between a fastball and a changeup. Ten, I mean, yeah. And then he threw the changeup more than he threw his slider last night. Yeah. So, and the slider's good. Uh, so, you know, that's that's the the big positive after, after, out of last night. And also, Austin Riley hit a home run off Zach Gallen, who'd only hit only given up two homers all year. Zach Gallen, six of his eight starts had given up one or no runs. They get two runs off of him, so that was something. But the offense and all stunk last night with opportunities, scoring opportunities again. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. And it's become a real problem with this team. I mean, I know – you know, that could change. And last year's team also started out pretty bad with runners in scoring position, but they ended up being a great team with runners in scoring position last year. And right now, this team's about as bad as it gets. 0 for 10 last night with runners in scoring position and a 6-2 loss at Arizona yeah. to start this road trip. Well, I think it's one of those things that, you know, you always hear that teams that hit so well, you know, a, a lot of the stats guys like to say it's just luck. And, it, you know, the RBI is not not a real stat or not a clutch stat, but I think it's a team mindset. And I, I think you can just see guys pressing um, and trying to do a little too much. And, and you could see them feeling the pressure when they get in those situations. And it's kind of like as that goes on and on, guys yeah. try harder and harder. Think about it. I, I don't I don't think this team can't do it. I think it's just going to take one guy kind of stepping up and getting those big knocks consistently. Yeah. And taking the pressure off the rest of the group, and then I think they can do it. We've seen them feed off of it, you know, yeah. the, the cliche that it's contagious. We've seen them have the, a couple of really big innings, like the one against the Mets up in New York, and they had the one uh, in Atlanta, the last homestand, I think, with uh, seven runs. So we've seen them do it a couple of times, but that's those are the exceptions, the glaring exceptions to this year when it's just been, you know, they get so many times they get a runner, they get a couple runner or two on base, with none out, three straight guys pop out, ground out, strike out, and they don't get the guy in, or they don't even fail to even advance it. So yeah, and they did that last night again when Olsen had a double, gets on base with none out, and they don't get, they don't even advance him. So it's problem, man. It's uh, the numbers are getting downright scary with runners in scoring position after last night. Ten zero for ten runners in scoring position. The Braves have a 290 on base percentage with runners in scoring position. It's tied with Pittsburgh for last in the majors. Last. They are 26 with a 641 OPS with runners in scoring position. That's after leading the majors last year with an 822 OPS with runners in scoring position. That's not just luck, you know? I mean, right. that's not just a roll of the dice. We're over a quarter, we're almost 50 games into the season. It's almost a third of the season. No, somebody just has to step up, and 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 it this stuff really is contagious because it's it's not necessarily like oh, you know he got a hit, so I'm going to get one too. But it's you take the pressure off the other guys. Yeah, you know, like if if you're if 
if you're building a trend of getting these big hits, then when that situation comes up in the second inning, you're not looking at it like, I have to get it done here. You know, so then there's less pressure. You still just put together a quality of bat. If you get out, you get out. Because you know a teammate, somebody's going to pick it up. But when the whole team's really struggling with it, yeah, each each guy thinks they have to be the guy. And when you're trying to be the guy and trying to be the hero, you're more likely to chase pitches. Like I saw Bryce Harper come up in a huge situation yesterday. And it was, uh, I think it was bottom nine tie game. And nobody on base, one out. And I just said to myself, he's not getting shit to hit here. But I know he wants to be a hero. And I'm just talking about the hero mindset in general. Yeah. But First pitch breaking ball, he swings because he wants to do something. He wants to do damage. And I'm like, all right, you're getting another one of those. He gets another breaking ball, swings again. And so then the, the pitcher's mindset there is if he wants to walk, he can walk. Like yeah. we're not letting this guy hit a walk-off homer here. So they throw two breaking balls below the zone. Then they throw a fastball just three feet above the plate, and he fouls that off. And it's like – you can tell he's in this mode of trying to do it himself yeah. instead of taking what they give him. Yeah. And then the next pitch is a breaking ball and he swings and misses. So he goes up and just hacks, right? But I know that when he comes up as a pitcher, I know Harper's that guy that wants to be a hero. And so you just kind of bait him and it's the mindset is if he wants to if he wants to chase my bullshit, he can. Yeah. I'll, you know, otherwise I'll just walk him, but he's not beating me. And so that same mindset of I have to do it, it's got to be me and not having confidence in, in the guys behind you and trying to step up. Um, it just allows pitchers to to kind of just bait you into swinging at pitches and chasing pitches. You know, you don't want to you don't really want to be chasing. And it's the same thing. You're trying to you get a runner on first or a runner on second. You're trying to hit a double instead of just yeah. hit a single and keep the line moving. So I think, you know, guys just have to kind of somebody's got to step up and get the big knock. But. Somebody's just got to break the seal. Yeah. And they got to take what the pitchers give them. I think Harper might be more susceptible to that right now than ever because he's only the agent. So he can't, yeah. you know, he's he's sitting there yep. thinking about that next AB, you know, and they're, and they're struggling, you know. Yep. So. Um, and those are things you think about as a pitcher. You know, when I see him walk up, every time I see him come up, I'm like, yeah, he's not trying to get an inning started here. He's trying to end the game. And so um, you pitch accordingly. Snit last night on uh, Strider said he was awesome. Strider, yeah. Strider had a 2.22 ERA coming in and 11 relief appearances. Was tied for second most strikeouts with Edwin Diaz. Second most in, by a reliever with 37 and 24 and a third innings. So, I mean, that's he was thriving as a, in, in that multi-inning relief role. But obviously the Braves think that they need – Badly need somebody to step up in that fifth spot. So instill like Tucker Davidson can get it straightened out down AAA and show that he can 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 not walk a guy in the inning, have as many walks as strikeouts. He could be that guy if he just cut down the walks. But Tucker yeah. Davidson's walking too many guys. So um, so that so Stry and Strider could be a, a an ace type guy. You don't know. I mean, long term they see him as a especially if this is his third pitch. If he's got three pitches, this is a guy too valuable to use in a relief probably. You know? Yeah, and he didn't get done. He didn't get gun shy after he gave up a homer. Right. And he he kept challenging guys, which is a good sign too. Snit said he's handled everything we've thrown at him and more. I mean, I'm I've been so impressed with this young man. Um, Strider had not thrown as many as fifty pitches since May sixth, but he had ninety mile ninety mile ninety nine mile an hour velo into the fifth inning. Yeah, you know <laughs> that's just what he has. That's just what he throws. Easy gas. I mean, it's just he sits at ninety nine. That's you just know? what he throws. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Snit said. That's just the, he didn't even have to get up there and try to throw 100. That's no. just the ball comes out of just, his hand. He gets on the mound and does a full windup and throws it 80%. It's 98 miles an hour. It's like it's like he, when he eases off, it's 96, 97. <laughs> yeah. That's as low as it goes with him. That's another one of those things like what I was talking about with Acuna. I mean, I could jump on a mound and throw it as hard as I could. I might <laughs> touch 94, 95. Strider could just roll out there and throw easy. It's 96, 97, get me over. Strider said about the changeup, he said, that's the pitch I worked on all offseason, coming out of last year, knowing that the third pitch was going to be big if I wanted to start. Keep in mind, this kid's 30, 23 years old. That was yeah. his first full year last year of pro ball. First full year. First year. He said early on, talking about last night, I kind of surprised myself, but I kept going to it, and it kept – and it kept being there. That's what I worked on all offseason, so I'm not shocked, but I haven't been throwing it, so it was good to see it execute so many times. Um, 
He threw 51 strikes and 72 pitches, seven strikeouts, four hits, two walks. One of the walks was the last guy faced. Um, Snitz said just a couple of tough plays there. He could very easily have been out with out of there with no runs. Strider said, I managed my energy pretty well, tried not to come into it like a relief parents, knowing that I needed to stretch the game out. Obviously, I was going I was going to be limited just because I haven't been stretched out all the all the way this year yet. I thought the changeup was good. I got ahead, I got ahead to guys. I thought I controlled what I could control, and it was a good building point. I mean, this guy's got a really great these kids view are of so stuff. mature these yeah. days. Um he said uh uh, Olsen said about his error. Olsen said that's a scenario where we could be out of the inning with one one run down. Uh, Did they give an error on it? No, you don't get one, right? They don't. But but you it's know so it's that stupid. double play thing. But I don't understand because I think scorers can do that. Give them an error, I, but nobody does. They go by that rule, which I don't know if it's actually a rule or not. Which says you can't assume a double play. That's the scores. That's what they go by. It's kind of like scores that won't give an error to an outfielder if, if they the ball dive. miss. If he or don't loses, touch it, yeah. If he don't touch it, or if they lose the ball in the sun, uh, you know, sun's part of the game. You can't just always. Some guy could act like he does. He lost the ball in the sun. You know, you just don't know. I think scores should have be able to use their discretion, but that's an error. You know, that is a double play. Beat it by yeah. half a step. It's a routine throw. Why isn't that an error? It should be an error. I, I don't understand that. You know, like, I think that you can't assume a double play is, like, it's realistic for second base. But even, you know, like, the transfer at second base. But even then, right. if you have a rocket three hopper right to the shortstop's chest and the guy's still in the box when he catches it. Right. I feel like you could assume a double play there. But what I really don't understand is when you see the ball beat the runner to right. first and the and the, the, the mishap happens at first base and you can actually assume – yeah, that that ball. You he don't even out. have to assume it. He the ball beat the runner. Yeah, I and feel like there was at his chest. Yeah, because if nobody was on and you had that exact same play happen at first base, yeah, you give yeah. him an error every time. So also, so that that's a scenario where we could be out of an inning, one run down. I made Dylan throw some more extra pitches. It's frustrating. I was trying to go get it, make it a double play, and just went out and tried to get it too quick, and it tipped off the edge of my glove. Um, he was a gold glover in 2018 and 2019 with Oakland. I mean, he came here. Basically, people thought him and Freddie Freeman are the best two defensive first basemen in baseball. Um, and and I'm sure this is just a blip on the overall thing. Yeah. I, I fully expect him to play great D the rest of the year, but we keep waiting, you know, and he keeps making these. He said, he said uh, there's been some ground balls that I haven't had the best footwork on and things like that as far as missing a couple of balls that are right at my chest and things like that. Like I said, it's frustrating, but I know that's not the defender that I am. So take that and try to flush it. It's tough when it's yeah. affecting moods and the vibes of the game and a tough one for us and Dylan. I take responsibility for that one, but try to flush it and move past it. I mean, he said all the right things, and he, yeah. and he took it exactly the way you'd hope a guy would. He didn't get defensive. He didn't roll his eyes. He didn't act like, what do you ask him? I mean, he just stood there and took it. He knew it was. Yeah. there's no excuses. So that's the good part, I guess, and, and that you know he is better than this, and he didn't all of a sudden forget how to play defense. No. <laughs> you know, at his age, he's still young, you know. That's – it's just – I think it's one of those weird things, and I think it's in his head, you know, with those catches. Yeah. It's one of those things that just kind of like, you know, it's never happened to you before, and then you do right. it. And you're like, right. why did I, I do that? that? And then the next time a ball comes to you, you're like, make sure you catch it. You know, so you've never had to think about catching the ball before. Now you got to think about something basic. You know, that's just – that's kind of how baseball something can just – pop up like that but yeah i don't worry about his defense i mean he didn't win two gold gloves for nothing and if it makes you feel better i saw freddie boot a ball to lose the dodgers a game yesterday too yeah um so the Braves had just completed their first they had not had a winning homestand or a winning road trip until this homestand they just finished four and three so against the Phillies and Marlins. And so they clinched a winning homestand with that with that win on Sunday, clinched the series and the homestand after splitting with the Phillies. So they, you know, coming into this this road trip, hoping this will be their first winning road trip because it's against two teams, Arizona and Colorado, which, who are both better than people thought they were going to be. And we're right there with the Braves, had slightly worse record than the Braves before coming in. I mean, now it's like the Arizona, I think it's maybe half game ahead, but they're right there with the Braves. Um, so they come on this this trip, and it's never easy coming out west. And this, Arizona's no. a hitter's park. Colorado's always tough. They're really tough at home. 
But the Braves have, you know, reason to believe they could have a winning trip on the a winning road trip. And they still can. They have six games left. They only play one. Yeah. But that's just a rough way to start it. When you get a, a really solid performance from the kid, you know, you're looking to get that work from. Facing Zach Gallen, too, getting a couple runs, getting getting of the you know, staking uh, Strider to a 1-0 lead in the first inning. The Braves started with two hits, consecutive singles. Yeah. So you're off to the races. You're thinking, uh, you know, Acuna and Dan- Dansby both had hits to start the thing. You got runners on the corners and none out against Zach Gallen. So, and he scores, Acuna scores on a wild pitch, but they didn't get another hit with runners in scoring position in that first inning. Yeah, I mean, this. I, when I look at going to Arizona and Colorado, teams that aren't in that division, I don't, I don't give them as much of an advantage as like yeah. the Dodgers, Giants, right. Padres that are used to going to those parks. Because yeah. Arizona is like, you know, one. It's pretty. A lot can happen there, but then you go to Colorado and anything can happen. I mean, you could be up eight nothing in Colorado, yep. and you have to practice playing with that mindset, but. I mean, they should have won yesterday. You know, yeah. that's one of those ones that there's always something that's going to kind of let you down and it's on the other teammates to pick you up. You know, Olsen boots that ball. And as a pitcher, you have to think how shitty he's going to feel if yeah. I give up a knock here. And you got to use that as motivation, extra motivation to get out of that jam. And, you know, that's that's why all the clubhouse chemistry and everything that matters because you're picking each other up. But, yeah, yesterday was – that's one. I mean, they should be 1-0 and on the trip. And Ozuna makes that catch in the first inning, and they're and they changes are the whole game. And they're up one zero after one after an inning, instead of down three one. Yeah, it changes the whole changes the whole inning. Zach Gallon, man, that dude's a throwback. I mean, he is a he's the kind of pitcher we used to see. You know, he uses five pitches. He th- tops out in the low nineties. You know, he can hump it up maybe to ninety four. Game but he, Yeah, got good breaking, great breaking ball location. He's just a pitcher's pitcher. But to see the two of them. One guy's up there throwing 99 easy gas, and the other guy's yep. throwing 92. They both Grinding have 2.22 two, two ERAs coming in. Yeah. So you could – it's just a perfect example of how we talked about there's so many different ways to do it, you know, to, to skin a cat, to, so to speak. But um, yeah. they had a chance. They should they – should, they could have had a chance to really get – jump on the sky early, and if they could have just got one more big hit in that first inning, they could have had a multiple inning – a crooked number in the first inning. So – the runners in scoring position thing, more than anything this year, is hurting them. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, so many opportunities that they've let go by the wayside. Uh, it's good to see Austin Riley is back in a groove because he had a couple of weeks there where he was struggling, but he's he's locked in again now. Dansby has stayed locked in. Dansby has really turned it around after he's that breaking. bad first month that he had. He's he had, he had a streak going into last night that he hadn't struck out in like twenty two plate appearances. He struck out last night on like his twenty fourth, but. To think about this guy was leading the majors in strikeouts through that first yeah. month, you know. So I asked him about it before the game last night. I'm gonna write something today, but he said it was a total timing thing. He yep. he watched some video of himself, saw some still shots of himself, and he just wasn't loading fast enough. He was okay. waiting till the pitcher was starting his delivery before he was loading, rather than he used to right when the pitcher or he was waiting until he saw the ball in the delivery. Whereas yeah. when he's going well, he does it when the pitcher's starting his motion. So he, they said that made all the difference. All about timing. Didn't change anything in swing or anything. It was just getting ready sooner. And yeah, he said he literally could not hit when he was starting late. He was loading late. I'd like to see what he can do, you know, without going through one of those funks in a season. And that's not really realistic. Yeah. But right. if he can just because he's kind of been that way for and yeah. more than anything, this just explains how hard baseball is. Yep, you know, especially streaky. at the major league level, but he's been streaky for a lot of his career. Mm-hmm. If he could just shorten those windows and maybe make that adjustment of watching that video and seeing your timing. But you know how many other things he probably watched on video and thinks, I yeah. got it. And then he goes and takes BP and it feels great. And then he jumps in the game and it's just not there. You know, I mean, it's, you're kind of, you got to eliminate a lot of things. But as you get more time, if he could shorten those windows of yeah. being like just way off and helpless at the plate. Yeah, he said it's funny because he said, you know, that's kind of the way I've been in my career. He goes, when I'm when it's going good, three fifty, I'm, I'm, I'm great, yeah. and when it's bad, it's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because you have so many guys watching him. You know, great hitting minds watching him. You know, whether it's the hitting coaches, whether it's Chipper, whether it's uh, Brumley, is you know, uh, whoever helps him him out. 
uh, not Brumley now, but probably not Chipper now, but hey, guys watching and Chipper's still watching, can still yeah. send him a text, whatever. But guys are watching him. He's watching video every day. You can't get out of this funk. And then he said another guy that he really trusts and knows his swing, one of the hitting coaches he's worked with, sent him a couple of steel shots and said, look, you're not loading soon enough. And, and yeah. like a light went off. He went, Jesus, man, how did I miss that? After but, doing it for a month. Because it's this big. You know, I yeah. mean, it's, it, yeah. that's, I had a buddy. I, I, you know, we were doing like some workouts with our kids in Little League. And he asked me if I could watch his son throw. And his son flies open and pushes the ball. And I'm like, I watch where his his foot lands. And he's like 35 degrees open. Right. So and my so my buddy's like, wow, you've really got this down. You, you think you could be a major league pitching coach? And I'm like, hold on. The, the, the major league pitching coach, like these guys are 0. 0.5 degrees open or 0. Right, 0.5 right. degrees closed. And it's costing them six runs. You know, it's it, the... The things that are wrong and that you're trying to fix in a major league season and with guys that are playing at that high of a skill level, you yep. almost have to get lucky. I mean, you have to look for stuff, but it, that's why it took three or four guys guessing at what's wrong with Dansby because to the naked eye, to somebody yeah. inexperienced picking that out, nobody would ever find it. Like it looks yeah. exactly the same. And then one coach sees this one thing and even then you see it and then you got to try it and it's got to feel good and then you got to take it into the game and it works. And then you're telling the media, hey, you know, I've made this adjustment. Yeah. And it's like, everyone wants to know, why didn't you just look at that video day right. one and, right. and get better right away? But he probably tried 40 things right. up to this point before that one clicked. That's what he said. He goes, I know people are going to hear that or read it and go about his time. And they go, yeah, duh. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the show. Braves fall. Here's another thing that's becoming problematic. They are now nine and a half games behind the Mets. Last year, they were eight was the season high behind the Mets. And the Mets are showing no signs of slipping back. And they're doing this now without Scherzer and DeGrom. And they're going to get those guys back. You know, it's a matter yeah. of time. So, what I don't like about the Mets is they're they're coming back when they're down. Yeah. You know, they, they're they're yeah. giving up leads. It's a different and battling team, back, which, you know, in the past, they'd give up that lead in the eighth. Yeah. One, two, three in the ninth, another loss. And, you know, I was watching a game the other night. They gave up a lead pretty late. Yeah. And they came back, tied they it, just and then. Big. It came back from a big deficit the other night. Yeah. Kind of like the Braves. You know, that's, that's what yeah. scares you about teams. They just have a whole different look. It's just it's a, a different, different vibe. Look. And you got, I know it's hard for people to forget because people keep saying they're the Mets. They'll fuck it up. But. These are not those Mets, man. Buck Showalter, Scherzer, Lindor playing great now. Lindor last year wasn't going to be a team leader or whatever when he sucked. It's in impossible. His first, in his first year with the team. Now he's playing like he did in Cleveland. So he's going yeah. to be himself now, loud, and people aren't just going to laugh at him and go, shut up, man. Try to hit no, instead. It's... Now they're looking at him and feeding off of it. So <laughs> You try I to mean, hold a team meeting when you're hitting 195, and it's like, yeah, but you'd give yourself this pep talk, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, and and how many RBIs has the first baseman got, dude? He had he's got like thirty in May. Yeah, and he's. I was watching the game, and Alonzo was saying, you know, I think he was facing uh, Wheeler, and he's he's he was going through his approach at the plate, and whenever I see these big sluggers like him, you know, you never know what's going on behind the curtain if they're really thinking about things in depth or if they're just extremely talented and running into shit. But yeah. I mean, his whole at bat played out exactly the way he was describing it. it mm -hmm. I think they've got. I think they've got a lot of things that good teams have, and that's what scares me about them. Yeah, they do. They do. They, there's no doubt. So, but you know, to the Braves' credit, I mean, I mean, the Braves know what they're capable of. It's not like wishful thinking. This is almost exactly the same team as last year, or at least you know, pretty close. Um, and they know what they did last year. I know people are tired of hearing that, but they know if they put something together, I'm not necessarily saying I'm not saying they can they can catch and pass the Mets. They still can. They're not that far. They were eight games back in the middle of June last year. So but they gotta start. They can't let them get any further. You can't go double digits and expect the Mets to collapse. But at the same time, if the Braves just play the way they're capable, this is expanded expanded playoffs. The Braves can get one of those wild card spots, but they're gonna have to play a lot better because those teams yeah. in the West, those teams in the West. They're playing the two the two uh, worst teams in the West right now on this road trip. Yeah. The two worst teams. There's three really good teams in the West. Dodgers, yeah. Padres, Giants are all going to be favorites. Two of them are going to be favorites for wild card spots, for three of those wild card spots. 
And then you got the Brewers and Cardinals. Yeah. And it, so, that's that's what's tough too is I don't think there's there's not really a pushover in the NL East. You know what I mean? No. If if you the look Nats, at the, the Nats are a pushover. Yeah, you're right. They are. They stink, they're, but nobody I don't else. Know what they're doing, but nobody that's else. one. That's one team. The other two yep. that you're competing with for a wild card spot both have a couple in their division that yeah. just aren't. They're not not that good of teams. Like if you have the Pirates in your division, yeah, and the Reds, you're racking up some wins. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's what you got to hope. Uh, you know, the West teams would beat up on each other. But the thing is, they beat up on the Rockies and the, and the, and the Diamondbacks. They stack against yeah. them. They and stack. So, so then that tells you the Rockies and Diamondbacks what they're doing against everybody else. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out between now and the All-Star break. The Braves have got to get going. I can't worry about everybody else. They just got to keep start doing their thing. And – you know, they got to start winning the games they're supposed to. Like yeah. yesterday is a game they were supposed to win. Those yeah. are the ones that when you get to the end of the year, you can look back. There's five or ten games like yesterday that decide your whole season. Yeah. You know, if you win the games you're supposed to win and beat the teams you're supposed to beat, you got a pretty good shot. Um, Strider's breakdown last night, 72 pitches, 49 four-seamers, 68%. 16 change-ups, 22%. Nearly double the change-ups he'd thrown. Or more, actually, it was double, I think. Oh, nearly double um, in all his relief appearances. Only seven sliders. So that's there. Obviously, the slider's a good pitch. That was surprising. Got 27 swings on the heater, including 10 whiffs. Only two swings on the, on seven sliders, no whiffs. But the, the like we said, the changeup, he got eight swings, four whiffs. So get this. In a game with Zach Gallon, one of the best pitchers in the National League, Strider had the top 49 velocity pitches in a game. <laughs> well, I mean, that's not surprising, really. Yeah, especially when you have Melanson closing. <laughs> yeah, he's still getting it done. <laughs> he still is. Ballsy. Uh, Strider had 12 pitches at 99 or higher. Starting. As a starter who had not started ever. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's just what he throws. Like, that's just yeah. his fastball. His fastball is just 98-99. Yeah, when he's he stretched out, to he's gonna have, he can have 25 pitches above 99 when he's stretched out. If he throws 100, fa- 100 pitches, he's going to throw 65, 70 fastballs. He's going to throw 50 balls within a half a mile an hour of 100 miles an hour. Yeah. It's just what he does. It's, that's just his fastball. <laughs> uh, Olsen uh, – Olson's got four errors. I, I don't. I don't. Errors don't mean that much to me because you know it's not a good way to judge people. Obviously, there's you're you're leaving too much in the in the uh, discretion of scores that a lot of times make horrible calls, homer calls. Well, just, Zuna didn't get one on the ball to left yesterday. I mean, right. And Olson didn't get one on the throw, obviously. But he's tied yeah. for the MLB lead among first basemen for those who care with four. I didn't get one last night on that play. Um, and then he had the other. Remember that throw Dansby made that was a, a nice one-hop throw. It was a true bounce. But they always give the, the another one. They always give the error to the guy who threw it if he bounces it, even though it was mm-hmm. perfect bounce right to him, and it just hit his glove and went out. You know, it dropped, he dropped it. So he didn't get an error on that one either. Dansby got the error. It'd be so, nice to update some of that stuff. Like, do you, you see an infielder barehand the ball he doesn't need to? Right. Never an error. You see a, a, a outfielder overrun a ball. Yep. That's an error. I mean, you overran it. Right. That is, if it misses his glove, it's still an They error. don't touch it, you know, and then assuming the double play, I think there's some double plays you could assume. Freddie Freeman, by the way, not to uh, not to belabor the point with Freddie, but he is second in F4 like right now among first baseman with 2.3 behind Paul Goldschmidt. How about Goldie, man? That guy's having a resurgence. He's had 2.6. Olsen is tied for ninth, but he's in pretty good company. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is as 0.7. Olsen's got 0.9, so for those who care about that, you know, F4. Um, but Olsen, my, the DRS, defensive run saved, he's currently at minus two. There's only three first basemen lower than minus two. Freddie is tied for third best DRS with plus two. Again, it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you look at it, that's four runs saved or lost right there, four-run differential. Yeah, um, and you know, I mean, there's been years where Freddie's been like, yeah, not even top ten, and we're right. watching it's it. Leading. Like, yeah, some of these stats, I just yeah, think I don't like analytics, defensive analytics, stabbing much. in the dark. Um, lost in all of it last night because of the missed catch. Olsen had his 
21st double. Dude, this guy's on a record smashing double space. 21 doubles. We're not 50 games into the season. He's on he's on yep. pace uh, to destroy the Braves franchise record for doubles. Uh, his first guy to ever have 20 in May. He's got 21 now. Marcus Joss had 19. BMAC had 19 in 2008. Uh, he's on pace for 69 doubles, which would, again, wrecked the franchise record of 51 by Hugh Duffy in 1894. And the Atlanta era record yeah. is only 49 by, by Marcus in 2003. So here's another ugly one though. Weird. I mean, I, there's no, it's inexplicable. All but four of Olsen's doubles have come with bases empty. 17 doubles with bases empty. He has six RBIs on his 21 doubles. So, that's one of those things, though. You know, I think you, you go to a new team and you yeah. want to make an impact. You know, I mean, I don't I don't think that'll last. Yeah. He'll eventually start getting hit in either. big situations, but those are one of those things that, you know, yeah. look at what Lindor did last year going to New York. Yeah, exactly. And look at him and, this year. Yeah, man, uh, I can't believe we talked all this way without even getting into the biggest story for the Braves this week, which was uh, Michael Harris. I mean, we talked about how we could see him called up Mid-season, if they had injuries or whatever, or need, or September, if nothing else. Well, they called him up mid-season. They called him up 50 games, less than 50 games <laughs> yeah. in because they had a real need. The defense has been so bad in the outfield. They knew that, at worst, he's going to play really great defense. Yeah, and, and, and he did. And not be in over his head offensively, and that's been the case so far. He's not up there whiffing every time up, or, uh, and he's played great defense so far. Got a hit in his first or second at bat. Um this kid's a real deal. He's a five-tool player, no doubt, five-tool player. He's going to be a 25-home run guy or more down the line because he's got he hits the ball hard. Yeah, and it's just a matter of learning to elevate a little better. He doesn't do that. He's got a line drive swing. You don't want to you don't want to fuck with his swing. I mean, he's line drives everywhere and all the intangibles. Great kid, smart kid, works ass off. Great body, uh, strong. No doubt this guy's going to be a superstar, I think, in the long term. And now when you get Acuna, because right now they're still doing the Acuna thing. Yeah. Like on, he's not played on the turf here. He hadn't played on artificial turf in the outfield. But they're going to they're going to break that, thank, thank goodness, because I think that's kind of silly. This this turf is not like AstroTurf. It's not hard. There's no yeah. reason Acuna can't play on this. And I think he's going to play the outfield today, if not today, tomorrow. So then I think once you see Acuna and him in the outfield together, it's going to be pretty special. And then Duvall yeah. in left field. Duvall in left field is fine. He's a good left fielder, a corner yeah. outfielder. I just don't think he's a real center fielder. But He's on his own. Right, right. And I think in a in corner, I think Duvall can be really good. Really good, yeah. Especially not – I mean, you have those other two guys to your left. Right. You don't have to cover much range at all. Yeah, and him and, and, him and Acuna, those are two great arms, great speed, mm-hmm. great range. So, But I just think Harris is going to be – I'm glad to see him up. Um, you know, can it, will it be a sent down? There's a good chance it, that could happen, but every almost everybody gets sent down at some point. You know, yeah. he's going to come up. I would imagine he's going to go on a spurt here and rake for a few weeks, and then teams will probably make an adjustment, figure out something he needs, and then he'll have maybe he has to go back down and figure out something. You know, that happens. If it does happen, it's not it's not a bad thing because it happens to Mike Trout got sent down. Yeah, people forget most guys do get sent down at some point. Hopefully it doesn't happen to him, and maybe it won't because he's a really smart kid. But he's here now, and they're going to give him every opportunity to stay. And they didn't bring him up, you know, as a fix, as a quick fix. If they didn't think he was ha- he was ready to handle it, they wouldn't have brought him up. Well, I think he, the only way he gets sent down is if he's hitting under two hundred or something like that. You know, I mean, if it's really, really ugly, we're like, you know, this is hurting his long term confidence and development. But if he's hitting two fifty right. and playing like that in center field, yeah. I don't send him down. Especially, I let him. I let him learn up there. Especially if Duvall doesn't Can hit. catch fire, because if Duvall doesn't catch fire, when Rosario comes back, Rosario is going to replace Duvall. He's not yeah. going to replace Michael Harris. Yeah. So, and Rosario is still a ways away. I mean, he's not. He's he's still probably two months away, a month to two months away. So, yeah, you can't count on that. You don't know what you're going to get after he had laser surgery this year. You hope he comes back and he can really help the Braves down the stretch, in which case you got a nice outfield problem to have, you know. And you still got Contreras who can play up there if you have to, but they don't want to do that, obviously. Right. They'd rather, they'd rather be able to, you know, Ozuna, they want, once you get 
another outfielder, Ozuna is going to go to DH where he belongs. People forget yeah. if Rosario was healthy, Ozuna would not have been out there in left field to make that play yesterday. He'd be DHing yeah. every night. Yeah, I, I was impressed with Harris. Um, yeah, I could tell he's a little anxious his first at bat. He swung right. at everything. Those three changeups he swung. That's right pretty out. normal. But the first fly ball I saw him saw get hit to him was the one I was watching, and he just coasted under it and caught yeah. it nonchalant, like I belong here. Right. Because you see guys when they come up that their 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 mannerisms change and they look tense even on a basic fly ball. And then the catch he made laying out, I mean it. He he almost overran that thing. He got such a good jump. Yeah. And for me, if if he can play defense like like we've seen so far, and just hold his own at the plate. Yeah. That's a guy you could put in the nine hole. Get on base in yep. front of Acuna. Then you have him and Acuna speed on base at the same time. Um, another guy that could be on base for Olsen. Um, I, I think he's, I would say he's going to have to do really bad at the dish to, to get sent down, but he's not going to struggle in the field at all. Yeah. Um, and he made, he made a highlight real catch on the one where, and I talked to him about it yesterday. What happened was he lost his footing. Mm -hmm. He's going over to track that ball. And you got to remember, this is a guy who never played in major league stadiums. You know, he played spring training and the alternate side against major league players, but not in stadiums. So there's a very different backdrop in big league oh, yeah. stadiums with the decks and all the fans and a lot of them in white shirts and all that. And he said he lost track of that ball. Um, it was kind of a sinking liner, I think. It was a yeah. liner coming. And he said he lost it, and then he picked it up. And when he did, he lost footing. He lost his footing. So he got he's tumbling to the ground. So he did the only thing, only thing he could was he catches it with his bare hand. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> kind of pushes it into yeah. his glove. Bare yeah. hand. How many guys could do that? That that's just raw athleticism. And that, yeah. that's another one of those things that the guy's just special because a lot of outfielders, that play's botched, and that's an inside the park homer. Yeah. You know, or or at least deflects off their hand, but to actually have the ability to catch it with that bare hand and shove it into his glove at yeah. that speed, people forget how fast that's happening and how fast you're moving. That's a tailing line driving a hard ball. Yeah. Um, I was I've just I've been really impressed with his defense so far and his jumps. Yeah, that's a hard hit ball. And if it hits, if he doesn't hit it, catch it with his bare hand and it goes right past him, that's going all the way to the wall. And then you're gonna have to have Acuna come over. Uh, no, yeah. Acuna wasn't even out there. No. I don't think they, so you're going to have to have somebody come over and pick it up. It's probably an end of park home run. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and you're right. The jumps have been really good. I mean, he's getting – you just take for granted a good outfielder is going to make good jumps, but not all of them do it, you know. I mean, look at Ozuna, you know. He, yeah. He's made, and, even if he, and even if he gets turned around a little bit like he did on one ball at the track, he's got the athleticism to – To make up for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and no, I'm excited arm. about him. I, and I was arm. impressed, you know, his first hit, he – he went with the pitch and went the other way. Hit you know, I mean, I could tell left side. he was trying to do something that first at bat, but then the next at bat, just taking what he was given and just flicking it to left is it's a sign of maturity and just a really good swing to be able to do that. And if there's anything that maybe he, he still needs to work on offensively is he will chase occasionally. He will yeah. chase. He doesn't have big strikeout totals, but he will chase. So that's the only thing he really needs to work on offensively. So uh. it's another thing hard to work on in the minors because guys don't have the ability to throw, you know, a major league breaking ball just off the plate. You might right. get a a double A breaking ball might pop up out of the hand. You see it the whole way. It's easy to take just below the zone. But you know, those major league, it, it, everything's tighter and sharper and harder, yeah. and it's better placed. So, I mean, there'll definitely be a learning curve. That's a huge jump from double A to the big leagues. So at the dish, you know, there's going to be a learning curve. But he's also going to, if they make a mistake, he's going to run into quite a few. Yeah. I went down and sat with his parents for an inning down at the stands, man. It was pretty awesome. That was cool. His parents, uh, his sister, his aunts, his agent, um, they got it. He called them from Pensacola. They told him after the game, they, they called him after the game the night before, and he calls his parents at 1130. And he's so excited. His parents are in bed because his dad's supposed to work at 530 in the morning. And he didn't want his parents to put it on speaker. He wanted each of them to be on the phone. So he calls his dad, has him put him on hold, or puts his dad on hold. Then he calls his mom. So each of them will have the phone to their ear. He wants to tell them at once. He's so excited. And he says, uh, can you guys pick me up at the airport tomorrow morning? And they're like, they're kind of confused at first. And then they're saying, oh, God, he's going to be promoted to Gwinnett. That's awesome. Yeah. His mom says, you're going to play at Gwinnett? And he goes, nope, higher. And they're like, what? His dad's like, stop <laughs> playing. Stop playing. <laughs> So he yeah. said, no, I am. I got promoted to Atlanta. His dad picks him up at the airport at 6.30. Takes yeah, him to the truth. He didn't fall back asleep, he said. Stayed up all night. 
Take him, takes him to Truist Park, you know, like dad taking like a Legion Mall or something. Drops him. It goes, actually, his dad took him. And then his dad took the tour with him. We'll see the clubhouse, meet some guys. And his dad sat with him while he signed his contract. So it was pretty cool. The whole story is pretty oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I had, no, I didn't have any family in my major league debut because it was out in Oakland. But yeah. Um, yeah, those are those are things that you'll just never forget, and it's it's always cool. You know, that's a, that's the benefit of being a hometown guy too. Is yeah. You might have a chance to have your dad pick you up and take yeah. you to the field. Yeah, that's special. He's never gonna forget that man. Great family. So uh, this is a good one. This the, the Braves have got a good one, and I think, and like I've said, I think he's gonna be a superstar. I think he's gonna be him and Acuna are gonna be superstars in that outfield for a long time together. So um, we'll remember this guy, this debut. And we'll see. Hopefully, he'll get a couple. He'll get some get some big hits on this trip and get rolling offensively. So he's got he's light right so far. I mean, the guy makes his debut against Alcantara. I was thinking that, like, <laughs> who might win to Cy Young this year? Who's as nasty as it gets right now? He got his debut against an eighty nine mile an hour changeup that's dropping. Oh my three god! Feet. Yeah, he throws him. He, he gets him. What I thought he started, I think, with a fastball, and uh, he took that for a ball. And then he swings at three straight changeups. They probably looked right down the middle. Yeah. I mean, you don't. That's the thing I'm saying is you don't see that in Double A. Right, Calcaterra you know, is nasty. You might see an 89 mile an hour changeup, but it's off the backstop. You're not seeing it spotted three times in a row. I, they should have called him up the next day. Yeah, I was wondering that. I was yeah. like, man, you guys couldn't wait till tomorrow. Yeah, and he's got to face one of the best in the game. And his third game, he faces a guy who's just carving people up with five pitches this year. Gallon's got a 2-2-2 ERA coming in. I mean, yeah, welcome to the big leagues, kid. <laughs> yeah, they're not all this good. That's that's one right. lesson you have to re- remember because you get to the big leagues and your first impression is Sandy Alcantara and you're like, I, think, I don't know if I don't know if I can hit in this league. That's what Frenchie went down and told him after the game. He said, "You're not going to face anybody better than you faced today. <laughs> Believe me, they're not going to be all this be this good." <laughs> oh, that dude, that dude is I, for me. He's top five in the wow. game. Wow! And doesn't he have the look about him? Oh my yeah. god, he is really coming to his own because that dude is a presence out there. These complete I'd like to games. see him get traded to a team, you know, and, and pitching some big games. Two two against the Braves in six days. Yeah. Eight, eight, eight innings, the or the complete game in Miami, and then he strikes out 14 in eight innings. I mean, like, this guy doesn't need shadows to help him. But well, he gets the shadows at 4 o'clock. They had no chance against that guy. And even when those shadows are done going across the infield yeah. so the ball's not jumping in and out of him, you still got a bright background he's throwing out of. Yeah. And and it's dark at the plate. I mean, that that's just – the uh, guys hate those four o'clock games and you get like, it's like Fox or somebody yeah. makes you play at four o'clock. And I always, you know, I, I bet a little bit. I'll, if there's a, if there's a four o'clock start, I always bet the overs on the strikeouts. And the Braves have had so few of those at Truist park too. So they're not used to what that park yeah. plays like. It, it, it just doesn't happen there. So, all right. Anyway. All right. Well, we got uh, two more here in Arizona than four in Colorado. So we'll do this again late in the week. And See what we got to talk about. No, there's no shortage of stuff to talk about. It's interesting nope. following these kids, man. Just waiting for the brace to put put it together. Make this stuff interesting. All right. 755 is real. We are out. Thanks, everybody. Mm-hmm.